0: him after the sermon so uh, let us turn now back in our book which is Philippians to chapter 3 where we'll continue where we left off with chapter 3 1 through 11 so let me read that first Philippians 3 1 through 11 Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord, to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision, which worship God in the Spirit, and rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. we might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh, that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained in me those I counted loss for Christ? A doubtless, and I count all things but loss the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and to count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this portion of truth that we ask you would use in our liberation. In Jesus' name, amen. The Ground of the Christians Rejoicing is what I've entitled this and bear with me as I unpack this. Rejoicing runs throughout this whole letter in verse 118. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached and I therein do rejoice and yea, will rejoice, he said. Without getting into all of what that was about since we have already covered it. Basically, he's saying that even in the midst of problems, and are we not even inundated with, with problems? In this case, problems without. With contentious and even competitive, envious brothers. Brothers, yes. <laughs> wanting to add woe to his bonds. And then problems within the church. With contentious cistern. You know what cistern are? they the you are the opposite of brethren, <laughs> without the sisters. Um, all of whose names are written in the, in the Lamb's Book of Life, according to Philippians 4, 1 through 4, and I'd like to read it. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Iodias, and beseech Syntyche, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. So there's something going on there, all right? There's a brouhaha going on there. I hate to say it, but that happens. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labor with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other of my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Nevertheless nevertheless we rejoice how can we not rejoice when God has promised that that which he hath begun in us he will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ there's something about that blessed assurance that Jesus is mine oh what a foretaste of glory divine it's just a foretaste but I'll tell you what it sure tastes good and I wouldn't trade even that for having a large sumptuous feast if that's all has given me and thank God that he is patiently and long-sufferingly about this very thing my confirmation and conformation to Jesus Christ so how is the ground of your rejoicing are you on safe ground because he did speak about that in our passage did he not he says but for you it is safe meaning the word of God that I, I am giving to you that I'm about to give to you again at this transition point in my, my letter. Finally my brethren rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you to me indeed is not grievous but for you it is safe. It is grievous or it could potentially be grievous in the sense that he's talking about enemies that are after the flock. You know how he warned in one case to the Ephesian elders that there would be those who were like grievous wolves seeking to consume the sheep. God's word keeps you safe against false teachers. Called here dogs. To the first century Jew, the Gentiles were the dogs. <clears throat> they were the dogs, meaning of that stature, of that caliber that we think of when we think of dogs. And these are not pet dogs that we groom and you know we pretty up for a showcase or for uh, a dog show. We're talking about scavengers that are just roaming the streets just looking for something to eat, like in foreign countries like where I come from, where there are plenty of them. Uh, but what the Apostle Paul is calling dogs are the vicious and attacking Judaizers, those who... <clears throat> Or wanting to take the souls, the precious souls, away from his ministry. As he and his co-labors try to uh, win those, first in the synagogues. First amongst the Jews that are of the diaspora. Those who are all over the uh, Mediterranean world to Christ. They are trying to take them away from Christ as he is seeking to bring them to Christ. Saying things like, you need to be circumcised to be saved. Is that not something commonplace in uh, Jewry? Yes. Without that, you cannot be in the kingdom of God. It's just like those who advocate baptism along with faith in Christ to be saved. And these scriptures, such as what, Our Lord says, when he says, except you believe and be be baptized, you cannot be saved. Well, Paul says, also, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision availeth anything but a new creature. Also, you're on safe ground when God brings you to one of his true churches as he speaks about in verse 3, For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Those who have been brought to where the Lord says he has been worshipped in Spirit and in truth. The true circumcision, as he describes here, those who are circumcised in deed and in truth. In the eyes of God, are those who are a Jew not outwardly but inwardly, and whose circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter only, whose praise is not of men but of God. And this and these are the true circumcision, just as we are here, although maybe you've never been circumcised. And I'm speaking, of course. Uh, Parabolically or symbolically, um, you are, you are one of his people. You are with the mark of Christ, yet baptism or no baptism. Are you on safe ground because you are in God's word, in Christ's church, and are walking the truth? Also, are you unsafe ground because god 's keeping you from pride that 's right, verse four of our a passage, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more it sounds like he 's boasting, and he is in a sense, although i 'll tell you something after <laughs> when it comes to a boasting of of, of this kind it is uh, uh, a spiritual boasting, as it were. Pride of whatever kind he is speaking about. How God keeps us from pride of every kind, such as pride of face. You know, some have natural beauty, some are blessed with that. When the Lord uh, converts someone with such beauty, what a blessing that is. But boy, if he doesn't convert them, whoa. <laughs> You know what uh, often happens to uh, those in Hollywood who have this gift or pride of place that is status achievement accomplishment and this is a biggie especially in our time and you see uh, 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 the race online to get the, the largest number of hits and friends and and uh, people that will uh, do whatever they do and I'm not into the lingo okay so uh, and I'm showing that, that right now but who Uh, are obviously after something. And when it comes right down to the bottom line, it's money. Or pride of race. Black, white, brown, yellow. And not just the human race, right? Because we're not, after all, born after the same parentage of two, Adam and Eve. Or even pride of grace. I'm better than you. I'm of the Reformed faith, and you're not. (laughs) This is one that hits us right between the eyes. And I, I have to plead guilty of this once, once upon a time until God did that to me. Paul had it all. He spoke about it in verse 5. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. He was just like the rich young ruler who said, All these things, Lord, have I kept since my youth up. What else, Lord? Throw them at me. I'm I'm ready. I'll take it it all on, you know. Uh, I'll give you uh, what I think I need in order to enter heaven. And so here, Paul is, as it were, flashing his lofty Jewish pedigree. In front of us all, circumcised on time—that's what the eighth day means, meaning that that your 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 parents were punctual and punctilious about these rites and ceremonies of the covenant people. You know when it's when you when you this is aside, but when you you miss the circumcision, you end up. Being older in age, it can be awfully painful, you know, as an older person to be circumcised. And we had that happen in our own family. I'll get into that. Good stock. Very important. Good stock, right? If you're going to get anywhere in the world, that, that's a biggie. That's a biggie. If you're born with a silver spoon in your mouth, right? If both parents are Hebrews compared to the Samaritans that they looked down upon, the tribe of Benjamin, the last son of Israel's 12 tribes, the son of of his joy, the son of his right hand, dependable, someone who will never leave him like Joseph ended up leaving in his old age. Parents need their children the most. Hebrew of the Hebrews, Paul remained faithful to the Hebrew traditions and culture and language, even living in the midst of pagan Roman Empire. That's not easy. A Pharisee, the legalistic fundamentalist of his day, who tried to apply every jot and tittle of the law, of the Old Testament law, to every facet of life. I remember when, in my Sabbatarian days, I, I wouldn't even cook a meal. I already had it in a crock pot. I even learned how to cook with a crock pot. Can you believe that? just so that I could avert breaking the Sabbath day. <laughs> and oh, I hate uh, dirty dishes in the, in the sick, so I just put a, a, a towel over it, you know. <laughs> uh, a Pharisee of Pharisees. He may have been a Pharisee. It's a possibility that he may have been a Pharisee. But Paul's accomplishments were in the eyes of men, and especially in his own eyes. Of more and better worth than anyone's else, anyone else's. And yet, they are of no eternal value whatsoever, is what he came to in his final assessment, in his putting losses in his losses and gains sheet. What things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. all that which once was gain, now is loss, it counts as loss, especially, as in his recollection, he considers one thing that was in that litany of accomplishments, and that is. His zeal and persecuting the church. That was what God used as the straw that would break the camel's back in his life. In Acts 8.3, for example. In Acts 8.3. We see an example of the straw that broke the camel's back. And of course, he had just finished presiding over the And I call it the uh, Old West style of justice and, and, and putting to death the first martyr, Stephen. As for Stephen, he made havoc of the church. Havoc. You know what that means? Like, for example, today, those terrorists that go into churches in Africa and just start shooting everybody up and bombing the church. Havoc, havoc, entering into every house, not just the church, homes of God's people. Now, some of those were church, churches, house churches as we would call them, like what's happening in China, from what I've learned. Hailing men and women, committing them to prison. Oh, there was a legal aspect to this all. He was, of course, given that, uh, that writ in order to go out and do that. By the Sanhedrin, yes. But nevertheless, it was very outlawish when you think about it. And then in Acts 9, 1. And Saul, yet grieving out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, meaning the way, the truth, and the life, meaning Followers of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. And what do you think they're going to do with them there? And you have committed the sin of blasphemy. What do you think they will do there? They can't do it just anywhere, but what do you think they can do in Jerusalem? Just like what they did to our Lord. Yes. Just like what they did to our Lord. What zeal? zeal? And yet, Paul, towards the end of his day, said the following in 1 Timothy 1, 13 through 15. 1 Timothy 1, 13 through 15. I'll start with 12. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me, for he counted me faithful, meaning a believer, putting me into the ministry. He's the one who calls man into the ministry who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Reading on. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. He can't say enough about the exceeding greatness of an abundance of God's grace and mercy and love toward him for having done this thing that not only deserved uh, the, the death sentence by the law of, of, of the, the nation, but the death sentence of God. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. If you want an example of what the chief of sinners is, look at me. Just as I exceeded all men in terms of my punctilious obedience and blamelessness to the law of God, at least in my estimation and that of my fellow Jews. So now I have to tell you that I am the chief of sinners. I am wretched. As he said, oh, wretched man that I am. Oh, wretched man that I am. From one to ten, how is your self-confidence level? Better, better. How is your Christ-confidence level? Lastly, are you on safe ground? Because you have him, meaning Christ. Because you have won him, as it says in verse 8. Philippians 3, verse 8. A doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. You have won Christ, like you would win a trophy in a race. Can you say, Christ Jesus, my Lord, the trophy is him. And since I came to know Jesus, everything else in comparison is loss. dung, or refuse, nothing. For now, Jesus is everything. Is that your experience as it has been mine to this very day? So that when I wake up every morning, the first thing on my mind is Christ. And when I rest at night, the last thing that is on my mind is Christ. I plead with you. If this is not you, let it be you. As God has let it be me. There's a hymn, Jesus is all the world to me. I want no better friend. I trust him now. I trust him when life's fleeting days shall end. Beautiful life with such a friend. Beautiful life that has no end. Eternal life, eternal joy. He's my friend. And I trust he's yours too. And also that I may win, not only that I may win Christ. But be found in him. Be found in Christ, as it says in verse 9. And be found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. This is exceeding marvelous and amazing, amazing grace, as the hymn that we are so familiar with teaches be found in Him. Not only to have Him as your Lord, not only to have won Him, but now to be found in Him before a holy and righteous God. You know this holy and righteous God before whom all of us will one day stand, before whom we even now stand, has provided His own righteousness. An alien Righteousness, a foreign righteousness, which is foreign to this world. It's from heaven. It's from God. And God gives it as a gift so that you may have it if you receive it by faith, like Paul, who counted this the pearl of great price in his life. But this pearl you cannot buy, its worth exceeds anything the world can afford. You will never be able to afford this pearl. As Peter put it, in first peter one eighteen through twenty one, I happened to use this with our son in our Bible study this morning, and this immediately. I can see why God caused me to have that passage as our basis for our meditation this morning because I would use it here with you for as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain, empty conversation or way of life, received by tradition from your fathers. And he's speaking uh, like the Apostle Paul against all those things that he held dear, that he no longer wants because in comparison to Christ, they are just that, dung, refuse, worthless, empty, vain be burned up in the fire so we are not redeemed with all these things but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish without spot those lambs that were offered had to be perfect and I'll tell you what you couldn't get more perfect than when they're homegrown (laughs) In in the homes of God's covenant people who took care of them like their own pets and yet when it came time to offer up for their sins a lamb that year, it would be that one that would be like their pet. Can you imagine offering their pet upon an altar and have it killed before your very eyes? And yet that's what was done. But our Lord exceeded all of those lambs for he is the lamb without blemish and without spot. He is the perfect, impeccable, Lamb of God, who was ordained before the foundation of the world to this end. And those who believe in Him, who by Jesus believe in God, who raised Him up from the dead and gave Him glory, put their faith and hope in Him. And that is where it needs to be. And when it's on Christ, you have nothing to worry about. You have nothing to fear. Not even God Himself Because without Christ, you don't have God. And be found in Him. Without a doubt, in the day of judgment, I will not be found by a holy God naked in my sins. I am found because I'll be found by God in Christ, by faith. And in Christ, I have all the righteousness I need to get to heaven. And then know him, not just know about him. A lot of people know about Jesus. I meet people all the time who know, know what the gospel is, who know a, even a lot about scripture, but for some reason they don't know Jesus. And so my, my next question is, do you know Jesus? <laughs> and they, they take taken back like, huh? Well, what do you mean? Well, you know, we can know all about President of the United States, not that we want to know everything about him, okay, but we can know everything about the President of the United States and never have met him in our life and never have shook his hand. I, I actually saw President Kennedy uh, in, a, in a parade through China Lake when I was a kid. Oh, I admired him. I was, I was very that was, that was as close as I got but you know what? You can be closer than that to Jesus and He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And be found in him. Meaning that the Father sees you in his Son. And be found in him. So that without a doubt, you'll be saved. And you will know him personally. And you will know his work personally. Because that work was for you. So that you will be with God. Like Paul says in Galatians 2 20 and 21, and I think this will be the last scripture that we will look at. And it's a very personal picture, testimony of our brother about his relationship with our Lord and our Savior. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I Now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Wonderful, isn't it? Wonderful. But notice in our passage that we also share in the fellowship of his sufferings. Because part of of our getting to know Christ is to know what he went through. And we get a little taste of that. As we enter into that, as we meditate upon that, as I said, uh, of, uh, of a brother who wrote a journal that was shared with me by our former pastor, Wallace Bell. And I remember his name was Jimmy. In, his, in every entry, he talks about how he would read the Passion of Christ in one of the Gospels or even in the Epistles. And uh, that's how he started his day. Because his desire was for the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. He wanted to see what his Lord went through for him. What his Lord died for. Even for his sins. He wanted to know this person so much. Just like we would want to know someone who rescued us from a dire situation that was life-threatening. That's what we want to do with Christ. That's all we really care about, ultimately. Is to know him better and better day by day I trust this is your desire and then to be extension of of Christ to other people who are suffering and to comfort others with the comfort wherewith we have been comforted by our Lord as Paul says how he endured all things for the elect's sake that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory so in conclusion three things Rejoice in the Lord, one, because you remember what you have been rescued. Two, because you are safe. Safe in the arms of the Lord. And three, because I have not seen nor ear heard neither entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Shall we pray? O Father in heaven, thank you for... This amazing testimony and also instruction in the doctrine of justification by faith. There cannot be any more beautifully written and beautifully said and confessed and testified statement of faith than this. In the life of the apostle and Lord vicariously as Lord we live this out ourselves even as Christ lives in us. Thank you, Lord. We pray your blessing upon the benefit of his words, his life, and example in our lives, even that of your servant, the Apostle Paul. But moreover, we thank you for our Savior, whose we are and whom we serve, not just Paul, but us. In whose name we pray, even Jesus Christ, amen.